welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, the Dragon Boat Festival is taking place this week at the Forks. Jane Kidd Hansher from Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation will join us to tell us all about the event and how it's raising money to help kids beat cancer. Then we'll learn about Vibe Arts, an award-winning charitable arts organization that's based out of Toronto. They're teaming up with the West Broadway Youth Outreach Centre here in Winnipeg for the 150-plus Reasons We Love Canada project. Susie Whaley and Julie Frost from Vibe Arts will join us to talk all about it. We'll also speak with Leah McCormick of the West Broadway Biz to learn all about the Sherbrooke Street Festival, which takes place this Saturday. And as always, Noah Ehrenberg, the convener of Community News Commons, will be joining us in studio to tell us about This Week in CNC, Winnipeg's Citizen Journalism Project. We've got all this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Hello, happy Thursday to everyone out there, or Saturday if it happens to be the rebroadcast of this wonderful show. Robert and Nolan here with you, River City 360's hosts. Robert, how are you doing this fine day? I'm doing not too bad, Nolan. How are you? It's September already. Did you know that? It sure is. Is that a bit of a trip? Were you expecting September when you woke up today? I (laughs) I feel like the summer has gone by very, very quickly, but... The fact that there are still quite a few awesome events happening this weekend yeah. makes it a little bit easier to accept the fact that it is now September. And there's summer events. Well, when's the official last day of summer? September 22nd or something Somewhere like around there, yeah. So there's still some summer events. Get out there. Enjoy the enjoy the sun. Enjoy the warmth while we still have it because we know those classic Manitoba winters are coming, quite, coming quick and they're going to be coming hard. But... We have some cool stories this week. We have some really interesting people that we're going to be speaking with, uh, the first of which is going to be telling us about uh, dragon boat racing. Have you ever uh, seen dragon boats race before, Robert? I actually haven't. Have you? I've seen videos and stuff, but never seen it in person. I've got a couple friends who joined dragon boat teams, and it's pretty impressive. It's very, like, coordinated, and there's, like, I don't know how many, 20 people per team all rowing in succession. It's pretty cool. Uh, So we're going to learn all about the Dragon Boat races that are happening this weekend. We're going to learn about the Sherbrooke Street Music Fest that's happening, and we're also going to... Not Music Fest. Sorry, Sherbrooke Street Fest, just straight away. But there is music happening at the Sherbrooke Street Fest. There sure is, yeah. All day. We'll learn all about that, and we'll learn about uh, Vibe Arts, a, a wonderful organization out of Toronto. But first, we always kick things off with a song. So what have we got this week, Robert? Well, seeing as how we're talking about the Dragon Boat Festival, we're going to start things off with the Hughes Corporation and Rock the Boat right here on River City 360. From a rolling sea There's always been a quiet place To harbor you and me Our love is like a ship on the ocean
Thank you for listening to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I am now joined via telephone by Jane Kid Hancher. She is the Director of Marketing and Communications at Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation. Jane, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. So first of all, tell us a little bit about Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation and the work that it does. Uh, Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation is a nonprofit organization, a vital one in our province, as we raise funds exclusively in support of Cancer Care Manitoba, the cancer control agency for our entire province. And one of the events that helps raise money for Cancer Care Manitoba is the Dragon Boat Festival, which is coming up this weekend at the Forks, beginning tomorrow and running through Sunday. Tell us a little bit about the festival and uh, how it got started. Uh, This is the sixth annual festival that we participated in, um, in partnership with Facility Marketing Group and the Children's Hospital Foundation of Manitoba. It's a spectacular event. Um, It's one of those weekends of the year that people who participate or come to watch uh, don't forget. Uh, You're going to see thousands of people who are going to paddle in support of raising funds for uh, our youngest patients in this province, uh, kids with cancer. So all the money raised... Uh, by those participants who work so hard leading up to the festival and at the festival, uh, goes to support pediatric clinical trials and also in hospital care uh, for kids with cancer. What should people know going in when it comes to the Dragon Boats or forming a team? Yeah, well, the teams have been formed for a little bit now because it is a pretty big commitment. Uh, Teams have 20 paddlers as well as a steers person and a drummer. And those teams have been preparing for the festival for several weeks. They all practice a few times leading up and practice is very key because synchronicity is what moves those boats down the river the fastest. Um, So they'll work in unison and there's absolutely a a competition. Some teams are more competitive than others for sure, Uh, but you're going to see different divisions. You know, there's a a competitive division with a few teams, an all-women's division, 
and then a general division. Many corporations put teams in, and we're really, really grateful for that. Um, it's a great team-building experience. Uh, many family and friends come together to form teams. We have a team of uh, young people that participate, and that team is formed in honor of a young woman who is a cancer survivor, and there are two pediatric survivors on that boat. So just generally, it's great. People come out and watch, cheer them on. Lots of activity at the Forks beginning Friday night, running through Sunday afternoon. And some of the participants, uh, if you're watching the Dragon Boats race, you might see some of the participants with red paddles. You might see some some different flags on some of the Dragon Boats. Uh, tell us about what those mean. Absolutely. Yeah, those red paddles have been in existence for a few years now, and they're a great a fundraising incentive. So anybody who, as a participant in one of the boats, raises more than $1,000 on an individual basis is awarded with those paddles. And it's pretty spectacular to see because people have been receiving them over the past several years, and then, of course, including this year. So on the weekend, you will see many, many red paddles um, in the water. People are very proud to use them and, and walk around with them because it demonstrates what a great commitment they've made for kids with cancer. And the flags themselves are something we introduced last year, and we have three levels, gold, silver, and bronze, and those are awarded to teams based upon the amount of funds that they raise. And again, they're meant to be uh, put out with pride. Uh, they fix them to the back of their boat. Some of the teams last year signed them all. Some put pictures on them of kids that they were uh, paddling for. Again, just an amazing thing to see them floating down the river and to know that those teams really stepped up and raised a considerable amount of money for the foundation and these children. And you alluded to this a little bit earlier, but can you speak more to where the money goes in terms of helping Manitoba kids survive cancer? Absolutely. Yeah, the money primarily goes to uh, pediatric clinical trials, and these trials are so important because they are where we make our breakthroughs for advances in in treatment. Um, They give kids the best uh, possible outcome, and really the survival rate for kids with cancer used to be, you know, in around, well, years ago, 20 to 30%. Now it's um, over 80% for, for most kids who are diagnosed. So most of the funds go to that, and some of the funds through our partnership with Children's Hospital Foundation Manitoba go to support the kids who are receiving care um, while they're hospitalized uh, with a cancer diagnosis. Most of there are lots of treatments provided on an outpatient basis, but of course uh, some of that treatment has to be provided in the hospital, so the funds help out. In that regard. Excellent. So it's great that this event is is raising a lot of money to support a very good cause. And if some of our listeners who are hearing this are intrigued by the idea of taking part in the Dragon Boat Festival or forming a team of their own, when does registration typically open for the following year? Registration actually generally opens right after the, this festival ends. Um, the registration is handled by our partner organization, but they're always taking phone calls or emails about registration. So certainly if people are interested for next year, that's something they can consider. What I'd say, though, is if they're, they're keen on supporting us this year, but participating isn't obviously an option this late in the game, um, a, fun, a donation to the cause would be so appreciated, and they can go to our website, um, cancercarefdn.mb.ca, to the Dragon Boat site and, and pledge um, one of these individuals who are doing this great work for us this weekend. Excellent. And of course, they can always come out and watch the Dragon Boats as well at the Forks this weekend. Um, what are the race times that uh, and where exactly should people go to uh, to check out 
the boats? Uh, yeah, the racing begins uh, early evening on Friday, and it'll run for a couple of hours. So sort of that five-ish to eight time frame, and then it'll pick up again Saturday morning and run through later Saturday afternoon with all kinds of heats throughout the day, and then again on Sunday. And also Sunday, there's a very special ceremony that um, takes place at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, approximately, um, that honours breast cancer survivors as well as for us particularly important, um, as well as those individuals. It, uh, we honour the uh, top fundraising teams and uh, the kids who we're, we're all paddling for. So that's a, a big a part of this weekend's event. That's great. Anything else that you'd like to add? No, I just encourage people to come out and watch. Um, and you know, I, I've paddled myself and it's watched so many and people done it. It's just a thrill. It's an adrenaline rush. It's a great cause. So if you've never seen it, come on down to the Forks this weekend. And But most importantly, if you're, you know, you're heart feels for the kids in this province and their families who have been diagnosed and a donation online or of course in person or by phone um, is, is wonderful and so much appreciated to our foundation. Excellent and of course as you mentioned uh, people can visit cancercarefdn.mb.ca uh, to learn more about the Dragon Boat Festival or to make a donation or to learn more about all the other work that Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation does here in our province. Yes, thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much, Jane Kidd-Hancher, the Director of Marketing and Communications at Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation, for joining me today and uh, sharing this information about the Manitoba Dragon Boat Festival this weekend. Thank you. Thanks, Robert. Coming up after the break, we're going to be joined via telephone by Julie Frost, the Executive and Artistic Director of Vibe Arts, as well as Susie Whaley, the Project Coordinator for the 150 Reasons Plus or sorry, 150 plus reasons we love Canada. Uh, this is a project that's a, a national project that's bringing youth all across Canada uh, together under the guise of painting murals to celebrate Canada's sesquicentennial. So really interesting project, and we'll hear all about that. But we just heard about the dragon boat races uh, that are taking place this week. So why not uh, puff the magic dragon by Peter, Paul, and Mary right here on RC360. <laughs> magic dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Hanali. Little Jackie Paper loved that rascal pop and brought him strings and sealing wax and other fancy stuff. Roared out his name Oh, Puff the Man 
trees and giants' rings make way for other toys. One gray night it happened, Jackie Paper came no more. And Puff, that mighty dragon, he ceased his fearless roar. His head was bent in sorrow, green scales fell like rain. Listening to River City 360, Nolan Bicknell here with you today, and we're now joined via telephone by two very special guests. We've got Julie Frost, the executive and artistic director of Vibe Arts, and we've got Susie Whaley, who's a project coordinator for Vibe Arts, who worked on the 150 Plus Reasons We Love Canada project. Uh, ladies, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. So maybe before we get into the 150 Plus Reasons We Love Canada project, why don't you tell me a little bit about Vibe Arts? I understand it's a award-winning charitable arts organization based in Toronto, but what do you guys do and uh, what do you, how do you help kids and how do you uh, use art to help children uh, over in Toronto there? Yeah, so uh, Vibe Arts has been around for 22 years and we essentially uh, use the arts to engage children and youth out directly in the communities so we do this through partnerships with agencies um, that uh, provide us with free access to space and we work with communities um, to a program, a multidisciplinary um, projects across the GTA and across Canada, of course. Mm-hmm. So why, why the 150 Reasons We Love Canada project? What inspired that and, and what, uh, tell, tell, us, tell our listeners a little bit about it. Well, the 150 plus project um, was really about providing opportunities for um, youth groups who don't normally get chances to voice what's important to them, um, a chance to um, be part of um, a project that reaches huge Mm -hmm. um, audiences across Canada, and for them to really talk about what's important about Canada um, and and allow them to use their arts to, to represent all that. Right. So why 150 plus? Why didn't you just stop at 150? Well, it's really important to acknowledge the Indigenous uh, narrative, um, and that was so much uh, um, uh, important part about what this project was about because we inc- it was inclusive. We wanted mm-hmm. Indigenous um, youth to be part of it. We wanted... Um, youth who were racialized, um, homeless, um, youth who were facing um, newcomer youth, newcomer, um, and youth who were facing multiple socioeconomic challenges. So the plus sign is really about um, recognizing that there are more years uh, attached to Canada than 150, mm-hmm. multiple. 
And there's also there's multiple voices, there's multiple stories and narratives that need to be included uh, in the dialogue around uh, Canada's birthday. Right, absolutely. Now, what you're you're talking a little bit about very similar um, issues that we're facing here in Winnipeg, uh, talking about newcomer youth and talking about the indigenous perspective and indigenous narratives. So, what, what's it like, sort of, on the ground floor in Toronto when it comes to uh, the indigenous perspective and and how kids are are sort of dealing with reconciliation, uh, where you guys are are uh, situated? It's a very uh, ripe topic, mm-hmm. and uh, it is in everyone's minds and in everyone's conversations in office rooms right. um, and studios. And I think that's one of the roles the arts play uh, in our society, um, in Toronto and in every city across Canada. Um, I think the arts play um, a role in, uh, in catalyzing conversations mm-hmm. and in representing them. And I mean, that's in Toronto, it's, it's everywhere, and it should be everywhere. And we did um, face challenges, we, but that was part of this whole, the learning that's involved in arts education in, in, at the community level. Uh, we're supposed to be working on the streets and uh, together as a means to uh, bring uh, clearer and, and better understandings about some of the topics that are out there. Um, and I think that's one of the things that we were trying to achieve in this project. Mm-hmm. We all learned. We learned a ton uh, in this project, uh, working with all groups, including uh, Indigenous um, elders and youth. Mm-hmm. And just understanding sort of what's important to different people across the country, wherever they're from or, or whatever their background may be, is a really interesting, probably, uh, uh, thing to learn about. Well, and the art helps to showcase those differences, mm-hmm. and, and it highlights what uh, the diversity um, yeah. of perspectives, of, of narratives um, across our nation. Mm-hmm. Very well said. So let's talk a little, bo- a, a little bit about this project. So there's 60, I'm, I'm understanding this correctly, 60 public mirrors all across Canada uh, celebrating Canada 150. And I understand the West Broadway Youth Outreach Centre here in Winnipeg painted the mural that represents Manitoba. Over, It took them about a month from what I understand. So uh, like, how does this come about? Who, how are you contacting people and how do you, how do you decide who gets the, the honour of, uh, of sort of representing Manitoba? Uh, I, I did a lot of research online, and I looked for community partners in each of the provinces and territories that would be like-minded in terms of their philosophy and how they deliver their programming so that, um, you know, we, we would be thinking along the same lines and, uh, and in sync in terms of our philosophy. So mm-hmm. that's how I came upon the venue. And then uh, in each of the provinces and territories, we hired local artists to work as guides to facilitate the programming. So uh, I did some research and uh, contacted the arts councils in various locations and was given recommendations through them and then my own research online and that's how we found the artist. That's quite the network of, I would imagine, of people that are connecting for this project. It's a pretty robust and impressive uh, scope across Canada. Yeah, it was pretty exciting to meet essentially meet virtually uh, all these different artists and, um, and, and connect them with right. a, a, the same sort of project, the same theme. 
So what has the response been of the artists and of the kids when they, uh, when they finally see the final project and, and get to show it to the world? I think everybody's been super excited to have their work. We're in 38 subways uh, throughout the city for about six weeks. Cool. And uh, I think having their work seen publicly by a million people <laughs> or more than a million each day was pretty astounding. For sure. It was a really cool opportunity. That's awesome. So yeah, I understand they were displayed in Toronto subway for for a couple months. Where else can people who aren't from Winnipeg or aren't from Toronto and aren't on the Toronto subway system uh, able to see sort of these murals and, and what the kids came up with? So we have a strong exhibition partners um, associated with the project. Uh, we had um, a um, exhibition at Scarpa Town Centre in Toronto. Mm. Um, and so we basically took over the, a shopping mall uh, with uh, the artwork. We also uh, partnered with Patterson Outdoor Media, and they gave us 306 digital billboards across Canada, uh, including in Winnipeg, uh, where the artwork was featured digitally on the screen. Very cool. We also worked in, with 22 airports across Canada. Uh, so each of these airports uh, created their own exhibition of the artwork, uh, and so that is for viewing um, across Canada. And then on top of that, we also had four Canadian embassies, uh, one in uh, Australia, Israel, England, and in Miami in the States, all created their own uh, exhibition of the 16-year-old. <laughs> So we, we have a huge audience. <laughs> these, these youth made an incredible impact mm -hmm. uh, across the world. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I would imagine the opportunity for some of these kids who probably, you know, wouldn't dream of ever being a professional artist in any way have already had more reach than some people who've been doing it their whole lives. Absolutely. And it also spawned a whole lot of uh, sort of regional um, creativity as well. We had groups who were so proud of what they created mm -hmm. for their mural, uh, reproduced their images onto T-shirts and mugs and oh, cool. selling them for their own little fundraising uh, activities uh, locally. And it was just, it's such a beautiful um, story and, you know, really, it really speaks to the, the, um, the impact, the, the resonating spirit uh, of our project, but just the arts in general. And of Canadians in general, really. And young people of Canada right. who are the future for us all. Well, you can visit 150reasons.ca. It has almost all of the murals there and with a little post and a little write-up about each one. And uh, so where can people find more information uh, uh, specifically about Vibe Arts? Uh, you can visit our website at vibearts.ca. Perfect. And the other thing is, at the end of the project, probably uh, near October, uh, probably October, we'll be sending back the artwork that was created by the youth. So they, so you will be able to visit the center to see the, the real thing. The original. Yeah, the original. Very right. cool. Well, we'll have to speak with someone from West Broadway Youth Outreach. We've got a re good relationship with them here. So we'll have to ha have them on the show when that, that you said that's in October? Yeah, we'll probably be sending them back in October once they've come off of the, uh, the TTC subways. Cool. And uh, we'll package them up and send them off. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, girls, for talking to me today. Julie Frost, the Executive and Artistic Director of Vibe Arts, and Susie Whaley, the Project Coordinator for 150 Plus Reasons We Love Canada. Thank you very much for talking to us today, and uh, yeah, take care out in Toronto. Thank Thanks. you.
Thanks, Nolan, and thanks again to Julie and Susie from Vibe Arts out in Toronto for joining us today. Coming up after the break, Leah McCormick, the executive director of West Broadway Biz, will join us to talk all about the upcoming Sherbrooke Street Festival, which is also taking place this weekend. Before we get to that, here is Martha Reeves with Dancing in the Street, right here on River City 360. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I am now joined by Leah McCormick. She is the Executive Director of West Broadway Biz. Leah, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're very welcome. So first of all, tell our listeners a little bit about the West Broadway Biz and what it does for the community. We've been around for a couple of decades now, and it's a business association, so all of the businesses who are for profit in West Broadway are automatically members. And we do mostly things like streetscaping initiatives, flowers in the summer, planters. And we also put on events and other things to sort of promote West Broadway. There's a variety of things that take place throughout the year. There's the Snowball Winter Carnival, Spring Cleanup. Can you speak to some of the events that take place throughout West Broadway? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a number of organizations. So the Spring Cleanup and Snowball, we partner with uh, the West Broadway Community Organization and the Broadway Neighborhood Center and a 
whole host of other organizations to put those events on. And they're great. You know, just a great way for a community to come out and meet neighbors and either play in the snow and have fun or help clean up the neighborhood in the spring. They're great community events. The West Broadway neighborhood has gone through quite a lot of change over the past few decades. Can you speak to how things have been changing in the neighborhood? Yeah, I think uh, West Broadway in terms of business is on the upswing currently. We have more and more new businesses that are choosing West Broadway to make their home and that's wonderful. So there's less and less retail space available and commercial space available for people who are looking now. We have seen an incline of families wanting to move into the neighborhood and make it their home as well. Yeah, we're a very dense neighborhood, and we've certainly gone through challenges over the years. I think currently we're facing some new challenges with homelessness and addiction. But yeah, it's always been a wonderful place where there's been a lot of interesting and cool people that live here, and it's got a kind of magical place, I'd say. Absolutely, and um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of history there. A lot of very interesting historic buildings all throughout the neighborhood and people can actually take a self-guided tour with a walking map that the biz makes available to the public. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well we have um, we have one specific to the Heritage Buildings in West Broadway and that's a downloadable PDF from our website. If you just go to the Heritage link on our website. Um, we also, I mean because there are so many beautiful buildings and churches within Armstrong Point and throughout the area. Uh, we also have a walking map that we just produced this spring, which also promotes the many of the businesses around West Broadway and even into Wolseley and shows where you can find them on the maps, as well as things like our murals. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the events that's coming up this Saturday is the Sherbrooke Street Festival, this Saturday, September 9th, all day in West Broadway. Tell us a little bit more about that and how it got started. This will be the 13th annual Sherbrooke Street Festival. So it started, I believe, in 2003 was the first one. Uh, and it was started by myself and my partner and um, with the help from the West Broadway Community Organization and the West Broadway Biz. It's been uh, an event that has just grown over the years and we now see tons and tons of people coming out. We now have two stages for music, a family area and a kids area. There were a couple of years we couldn't do the festival, which is why we're only in the 13th year in 2017, but that was due to the bridge closure, the Maryland Bridge, so there was a couple of years that it didn't happen. But other than that, it's been an annual event that the community looks forward to every year. So it closes down a portion of Sherbrooke Street. Uh, between which streets can it, people check it out? Yeah, the street closes between Wolseley and Westminster Avenue, and there'll be a main stage set up at Wolseley, and then the family area is further up in the Charisma parking lot. Okay. Who are some of the musicians that people can see throughout the day? Oh, you're testing me. <laughs> I don't have them in front of me. I know the headliner is Red Moon Road. And ahead of that, Duo Tang, and there's a few others, Apollo Suns. All the times and bands are listed on our Facebook page. Excellent. A, a really great mix of, of different genres and all local, which is great. That's right. And there's also Nuit Blanche that's coming up. Tell us about what's being hosted there, what people can see if they're in uh, West Broadway on Nuit Blanche. Yes, we have. We are part participating with Nuit Blanche this year um, for the second time. Uh, we're offering a two mural tours in the evening. And there's also, uh, I think, a contest that's going on where you can win uh, dinner 
and some drinks and enjoy an evening of comedy at The Handsome Daughter as well. If people are interested in learning more about any of the events that West Broadway Biz is hosting or if they want to inquire about the walking map or get more information just about the neighborhood in general, how can they contact you and get more information? Mm -hmm. Probably the best would be to contact our marketing person, marketing at westbroadwaybiz.com. And also our Facebook is very up-to-date with things that are happening as well as our website. Perfect. So the Sherbrooke Street Festival happens this Saturday, September 9th on Sherbrooke Street. And of course, uh, as Leah mentioned, you can visit westbroadwaybiz.com to find out more information. Leah McCormick, thank you so much for speaking with me today about West Broadway Biz and all the great events that are happening in the neighborhood. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Robert. Coming up next, Noah Ehrenberg is on his way into the studio to tell us about uh, Winnipeg through the lens of Community News Commons, which is Winnipeg's citizen journalism project. But first, Happiness Street, Georgia Gibbs, right here on RC360. Street Corner Sunshine Square Now we don't quarrel Now we're so glad Glad that we're living Where love is the fad Where? On Happiness Street Corner Sunshine Square They never heard the blues They never heard the fears They never heard of woes, they never heard of tears That's the reason folks are happy there So won't you pack up your troubles, take my advice You and your baby can find paradise Where? On Happiness Street, corner Sunshine Square Street Corner Sunshine Square Where? To Happiness Street Corner Sunshine Square They never heard the blues They never heard the fears they never heard the woes, they never heard the tears. That's the reason folks are happy there. So won't you pack up your troubles, take my advice. You and your baby can find paradise. Where? On Happiness Street. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today. And at the end of our show, we usually welcome in Noah Ehrenberg. He's the convener of Community News Commons and great friend of the show. Noah, thank you for joining us. It's always great to be here. So we have you on the show to talk about Winnipeg, but not in the traditional sense. We talk about uh, 
what people, what citizen journalists are writing on Community News Commons. Now, communitynewscommons.org, of course, is a citizen-run journal. Well, I guess it's you're, you're running it, but citizens are submitting articles and telling stories about here in Winnipeg. So give me an example of some types of stories that citizen journalists are posting on CNC right now. Well, this week we had a nice little story by Anne Ha, who has uh, written several stories for uh, Community News Commons. And this one was about the uh, 10th birthday party celebration that Arts Junction had uh, just uh, a few days ago. It was actually on First Fridays. They decided to have this um, this little celebration, and so Anne did a nice little article with some great uh, photos. Arts Junction, of course, is the uh, organization here in town that essentially what they do is they um, they accept donations of all sorts of things, you know, paint and books. Uh, fabric scraps. It's like a secondhand art store almost, or exactly. a secondhand art organization. So instead of all of this stuff going into the landfill, which is where it often goes, mm-hmm. uh, Arts Junction accepts it, and then they um, basically provide this uh, material to all sorts of people in our community, teachers, artists, crafters. Um, basically, community members can go in there, and they can uh, take advantage of the fact that this material is available, and uh, they use it for all sorts of things. So the party, the birthday party was great. There's some great photos of uh, of uh, some of the things that they were doing. They were doing some sort of potato prints, you know, where you cut a potato oh, yeah. and, you know, into you, a um, star shape or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and um, uh, it's a, it was a, it's a it's a great story for. Um, for our readers and for uh, our listeners here on CGNU uh, to take a look at at communitynewscommons.org. It also reminds people that Arts Junction um, has ongoing art hives the uh, second and fourth Tuesdays of every month from 5 to 8 p.m. and on First Fridays. And they use some of the donated materials uh, to um, supply these art hives. So it's a great little place. It's sort of right behind the Police Credit Union downtown here. And um, it's a great uh, spot for people to visit. And a great story to read. It's called Arts Junction Celebrates 10th Birthday During First Fridays. That's by Ann Haw Very on cool. communitynewscommons.org. So happy birthday, Arts Junction. That's mm-hmm. a nice little sort of light, tight, and bright story on mm-hmm. CNC. But, I mean, people can write about anything. And that's kind of the coolest part about the site. And I understand there is even something about a tax reform. Like, tell me about the tax story you were talking about well, earlier. Yeah, this is in the news uh, uh, right, uh, right now. It's about um, the federal finance minister, Bill Morneau, recently released a long-awaited discussion paper on how he wants to basically reform the tax system by closing a number of loopholes. And a expert named Michael Wolfson wrote an article about this. And uh, he sort of talks about uh, some of the reaction that um, the business community and Mm. uh, the general community is having to Bill Morneau's suggestion that we should close these tax loopholes because essentially what these um, uh, these tax loopholes do is they allow an individual to create a well to have a corporation and then to kind of sort of income split or um, you know uh, basically have some of the money that they earn go through this uh, type of uh, corporation Mm. you know while the rest of us are being paid through checks or self-employment, it allows those that do create a company to maybe not pay the high rates of personal income tax, but instead try and uh, put some of their income oh. into these um, corporations. And so Bill Morneau wants to try and, and uh, close these loopholes. He's getting a little pushback from people who, you know, people such as doctors who um, create these uh, companies in order to, uh, like when they set up a, a, like an office, like a, a personal company. practice kind of? Exactly. Oh, okay, and so yeah. uh, his point, at least um, Michael Wolfson's point, is that instead of going through the back door, why don't we just, you know, sort of 
uh, close these loopholes, increase the amount of taxes that the government can take in, which if he did close these loopholes would be several um, billions of dollars, and uh, instead wow. um, use that money to pay doctors more so that they don't have to right. you know, look for these uh, private companies or at least establish these private companies. So the question is whether or not um, the federal finance minister is going to be successful at this and some of the roadblocks or at least some of the resistance that he um, is facing. And this is a nice little article by Michael Wolfson uh, where it's called The Sky is Falling on Small Business, or mm -hmm. is it? And that is on communitynewscommons.org. So you never know what you're going to get from birthday parties to tax <laughs> reform to who knows. That's right. That's <laughs> awesome. That's the best part about CNC is uh, you never know what you're going to read. So Well, the best part about CNC is being here on your show I, every week. Thank you. <laughs> it's it's my favorite part of the week, too, to be perfectly honest. It's such a good chat. I learn. I usually learn something. I hope our listeners do, too. And not only that, you usually bring a song that I haven't heard before. So that's sort of another reason why it's the highlight of my week. And I understand this week we should we should do a preamble here that this might be, well, for sure it's not a song that people have heard before because I haven't heard it, but it's maybe even a genre that people haven't heard before. So what have you got for us? That's true. You know, our audience is used to, you know, specific genres. This one is not one that we usually hear on CGNU. However, I think that it's a It's, it's a local? Mild, is it, this local? It's local, yeah. Cool. Her name is Selchi, and um, she is a Winnipeg-based artist who... Um, takes, um, I guess we, we, you would say, electronic contemporary uh, music and infuses it with some modern R&B. Cool. So it's, um, and like I say, you know, a lot of our audience may not be into the electronic music, but I think... Give it uh, a chance. This type of music... Let's give it a, a chance. It's actually a great tune to um, to end the show on. Cool. And um, I, I wanted to uh, feature it because she's actually going to be on Friday, September the 8th at four at um, at 4th. The, um, coffee shop? Coffee shop, yeah. Uh, and it's a special release party for her new single uh, that cool. is called Gone With The Wind. But this particular track is called Electric Circus, and it's by Selchi. And you're listening to River City 360 with Robert Zirk and Nolan Bicknell on 93.7 CJNU.
to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you in studio, joined by my co-host Nolan Bicknell. And that was Brooke Benton with So Many Ways. And speaking of many ways, <laughs> ManyFest is happening this weekend, and we'll tell you all about it as part of This Week in Winnipeg. So um, if you're not familiar with ManyFest, it's a three-day festival, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, hosted by the downtown Winnipeg Biz. It happens around Broadway and Mom- it happens around Broadway and Memorial, and uh, there's a lot going on. It's definitely worth checking out. You've got the Food Truck Wars, which I think there's well over at least 20 different oh, food baby. trucks. So many food the trucks. Best. Um, all weekend long. There's the movie in the park on Sunday. You've got live music all throughout the weekend, markets, a kid's zone, Cyclovia happening on Sunday, and uh, yeah, all kinds of things happening at the corner of Broadway and Memorial in downtown Winnipeg. Uh, be sure to go check it out. Fantastic. So, yeah, summer is almost ending, and there's a few more festivals to see. I know that there's also the 2017 Chinatown Street Festival that's happening September 9th and 10th. Uh, tons of programs, very interesting stuff. There's going to be a petting zoo. Uh, you mentioned food trucks. There's going to be a bunch of those as well. There's going to be a street uh, store that's taking place. You can basically just like a flea market walking around and buying some cool stuff. And uh, there's going to be, you know, those uh, traditional Chinese um, lanterns. There's going to be lantern riddles. So there's coupons and all these riddles and participants uh, could have the coupons they get if they get the correct answers to the riddles. Very popular thing. So go check out the Chinatown Street Festival. Uh, like I said, this is happening September 9th and 10th right here in Winnipeg in Chinatown. And uh, if you happen to be in the West Broadway neighborhood or in uh, nearby Wolseley or even uh, just over uh, downtown, 
Uh, you can also check out the Sherbrooke Street Festival, as we mentioned earlier on in the program. It's the biggest community event in West Broadway, happening between Wolseley and Westminster Avenues on Saturday, September 9th from noon to midnight. So uh, there's music, there is a vintage vendor village, there's local uh, wares to purchase, there's face painting, bouncy castle, activities for the kids, uh, a great event to check out uh, with a whole lot going on. And that's happening again uh, this Saturday, September 9th, from noon to midnight here in West Broadway. Tons of stuff to do in Winnipeg. Don't ever say that you're bored. Don't ever say there's nothing to do because there's always a festival, especially during the summer right here in Winnipeg. Absolutely. And as we mentioned as well, the Dragon Boat Festival Mm -hmm. happening at the Forks. Um, So that's always fun to go check out. And yeah, no shortage of things to do here in Winnipeg. We've got time for one last song before we go, so seeing as how the month of September is here, here is Come September by Billy Vaughn right here on River City 360. on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for listening and a huge thank you to all of our guests for talking to us today. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. 
River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. And we'd love to hear your feedback about the show. Give us a call at 204-944-9474, extension 360. The listener line is open 24-7, so you can, as I mentioned, leave feedback about the show. Or if you'd like to suggest a topic that we should cover, if there's a local event that's coming up, or a local charity that's doing some great work here in the city, or if you just want to request a song, give us a call, let us know your thoughts. Again, it's 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook if you're so inclined by searching at RiverCity360 on Twitter and RiverCity360 on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day and a great weekend. Mm-hmm.